1: Episode of Johnson Title Podcast, a partner of MoshPitNation.com. This week's guest is Greg Trebet, formerly of Mudvayne, formerly of Hell Yeah, currently of Audio Topsy, and formerly and currently of this podcast as my co host is Daniel Terry. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing good, man. I just woke up.
1: <laughs> so I'm
2: ripping and roaring ready to go.
1: I I gotta say, you know, before we talk a little bit about this uh this Greg chat, it's uh It's been kind of fucking wild uh, over here for the podcast the last uh, week.
2: Yeah. I mean, first of all, louder than life. Louder than life, bigger, better than ever. Kentucky's largest rock festival, September 28th through the 30th at Champions Park in Louisville, with special appearances by Nine Inch Nails, Allison Shames, Gunsmack. Deftones, Shine Down,
0: about to get
2: Louder Than Life, with Nine Inch Nails, Alice in Chains, Godsmack, Deftones, Shine Down, Breaking Benjamin, Slash, Bush, Ice Cube, Billy Idol, Primus, The Return of Five Finger Death Punch, and a special appearance by Limp Bizkit. September 28th, 29th, and 30th, Nine Inch Nails, Allison in Chains, Deftones, Godsmack, Five Finger Death Punch, Limb Biscuit, and more. Go to LouderThanLife.com for all ticket, lineup, and festival information.
1: make you feel better? Yeah, Louder Than Life, uh, as of when we were recording this, I got the approval yesterday really very randomly uh, that we, well, I, sadly, uh, I, I did When I put into a cover of the festival, it was just me, um, so I didn't have the foresight to know I was going to have a co-host, sadly, so it, it will be me doing the interviews. Uh, maybe next year, though, with the foresight to uh, know that Dan lives in Louisville, and now that he is the co-host, uh, try to actually plan ahead next year and have Dan be involved in it so we can, A, hang out, and B, interview bands together. And uh, yeah, I can't fucking believe it. I get to go to Louisville and see what that's like.
2: Uh, Louisville's nice. I mean, I don't live there. I live in St. Louis, but, uh, well,
1: you know, they, uh, close enough. it's, it's, it's
2: only like a four hour drive, uh, which isn't too bad, but, uh, yeah, no dude, it's a, don't worry about the tickets. I, I, uh, I only cried about it for like two, three days. Just like real upset, throwing shit at a wall and all that, but not a huge deal. Well, Nothing know, to worry about.
1: I don't know where you live where it's been two to three days already, considering it's been less than 24 hours for me.
2: Oh, man, you know, it's just one of those mental states where it feels like an eternity, you know, that sort of deal. Is
1: that the state of not having a wife and kids just every minute feels like hours have gone by?
2: (laughs) It really does. It really
1: does. (laughs) Well, no, I, uh, yeah, it's just, wow. I, I honestly still shocked. Uh, I mean, I, I will say in the nicest way possible that, uh, this really fucked up <laughs> a lot of plans that I had made with my wife for my birthday and, and family plans. Uh, the the week of actually louder than life, but I mean, I guess in this this is a great problem to have, and uh, you know everyone's been very understanding of of the current situation. But very much looking forward to going to that. Um, also, would like to take a moment to uh, address our news with Joey Gonzalez going i I think viral will be a safe word to use,
2: yeah, um, kind of unexpected I mean I knew somebody would be interested in hearing that interview, <laughs> you know, but uh yeah it's gone uh it's gone off the deep end
1: yeah uh first of all, you know in in any of these situations would just like to say thank you to lotwire blabbermouth uh ultimate guitar interestingly enough uh dot com oh yeah, they and... broke it down. <laughs> I think that that was, you know, as much as it was kind of a bummer to, to, to see some of the, you know, things being said within it and, and kind of, you know, I, I do like the fact and you know, I had texted Joey when it started happening because coincidentally I got off the phone with Trey Williams of Dying Fetus and had a few friends reach out to me and be like, hey, your thing made the news. And it's like, oh, and, you know, that was a few days after it had been posted. So I didn't think much of it at the time, but it was just one of those things where you know and seeing it joey was like oh uh so what happened and i go oh they're saying that basically like no one you know just your quote that like no one reached out to him to cover the events and all that kind of stuff or any of the bandmates and he was just like so they're reporting that i got mad that they didn't re- ask us to report on the event yeah. and i go yeah and he goes there's a lot of irony there and i go yeah i just you know want to make sure that you know you're not getting in any shit for it or anything and he goes no it's it's fine and then even had made the comment that uh, Phil thanked him for, and, and you know, indirectly, uh, you and I for allowing Joey to kind of actually speak and have a platform to speak on the the events and and kind of get a completely different perspective than what was out there out there. I had kind of a problem uh, figuring out how I felt about this because on the one hand, you know, any time someone shares something that I've done, you know, it's pretty cool uh and to see the comments and so forth and and to kind of have someone's voice literally be heard beyond maybe the reach that I I have with this this platform currently but the thing that sucks is that after it gets to that point I I don't have control over the narrative anymore and neither does the 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 guest that's on it becomes this other thing and i don't know i just want to you know take this time to Know, publicly apologize, uh, and I, and I you know I've done it. I've reached out to Joey and and to uh, Matt from King Parrot and if they got any into any trouble for talking to me. Um, but you know, I just want to say thank you to those guys again for taking the time to talk to us at length and for being so honest. And you know, I think the thing that kind of sucks is sometimes you know there might be five to eight minutes worth of audio, but it's not it's you know maybe half of a sentence that gets ran, and a lot of people aren't going to look or listen beyond what they're reading. And that's kind of the unfortunate thing, because, I mean, the whole point of a podcast is to talk at length. Um, And, you know, based on just the numbers of shares, comments, retweets, and all that kind of stuff between the various platforms this this episode had been shared on, uh, I can definitely tell you not that many people listened to the actual episode. But those who did have said, you know, Blue is right. You don't hear people like Blue anymore or like Matt who spoke from the heart, spoke about the person behind the event, not the incident. And that was really the focus of, of that was I wanted the human side of the story to actually come through. And I believe it did. Um, but I just kind of wanted to take a moment or a few moments at this point uh, and, and just say that, you know, thank you to those two guys. And uh, thank you to Liz uh, for helping set up that interview. And I'm sorry for any of the problems that you had to deal with as well. Um, but that hopefully uh, people, I don't know, hopefully people uh, realize that there there are people behind these conversations.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we are just guys that talk to people and have real conversations. If we had run into them, you know, if we'd run into Joey at a bar and we're talking, we're talking after a show. We would have had the same conversation, you know, and I think it's, um, it's always just been a kind of, it's kind of always been the goal to just have real conversations that we think people would want to listen to and would find interesting, you know, which we would hope the things that we find interesting are what, you know, listeners would find interesting. And, um, you know, I think in this particular case, I think, um, it was just a little tough because it's hard to, it's hard to go against whatever the popular narrative is. And everybody kind of has in their mind a, a, their own narrative of what that situation was. And so I think something like this, um, unintentionally, I guess may have just opened up a little bit more <laughs> than we had, than we had foreseen. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it just was what it was, mean I, you know, I don't regret that conversation at all. I thought we had a good chat and, uh, Like I said, you know, somebody like me that was a little bit more of a hater kind of came around after that. So I think there's value in that. You know, I think what what was said was, uh, it it has the potential to have that positive effect.
1: Yeah. You know, kind of speaking more to the chat that we're actually here to talk about. Uh, you know, I got to talk with Greg, sadly, Dan got stuck at work again. Um, which is fine. Got to make that money. But, uh,
2: yeah, John only pays me, like, 75 cents uh, per day, so, you know, that's, that's uh, right. he said he said he might bump me up to 125 a day, but uh, I'm going to have to uh, make some headlines first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it's something that I had asked, and, you know, like I said, I'll just say it now, so that way, like, it won't catch... Anyone won't be like, oh, you, you knew you're baiting. Uh, first of all, anytime I would even say anything about Mudvayne to ask a question, I also mention the guys in Scrape because that's fair. That's the fair way to ask anything involving a band that has members of other bands in it. But the whole point of me asking the whole, do you feel like you get judged unfairly for the bands that you two, or the, all four of you, have come from? You know, because I assume the Scrape guys get it, too. Like, we're like, oh, this doesn't sound like Scrape. And it's like, well, no, it's not fucking Scrape. Just like it's not vein. However, the answer I got was definitely not the one I was expecting to get out of it. But uh, just, you know, in light of the the Joey episode and, and everything that was said about that, this interview was interesting. Uh, as I kind of ended up finding out, uh, Greg is a rather to-himself individual and which would explain why I don't see a whole lot of interviews with him. So when I kind of realized that when trying to do my research, I was like, well, I don't know much about him because he doesn't actually do a whole lot of interviews that from what I've seen recently. And, uh, you know, I just want to take the time to, again, say thanks for him to for coming on and kind of talking about the record and the band as a whole. And, uh, you know, we've been blabbing enough at this point uh, about a whole bunch of things. So, Let's get into my chat with Greg from Audiotopsy, and we will talk to you afterwards. Pleasure this early afternoon of talking with Greg Trebet of Topsy. They have a new record coming out November second via Megaforce Records called "The Real Now." How are you doing, Greg?
3: I'm um, doing good, man. Just getting over the flu, actually. So it's been a suck ass week.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully the reception to uh, "What Am I" that just came out this past Friday, as of when we're recording this, uh, hopefully the reception to that is making you feel a little better.
3: It actually is, man. A lot of people are digging the song, so I'm really proud of that.
1: You know, I always find it interesting how a band figures out what the the first single off of a new record is going to be, and you guys chose a song that's pretty late into the album, so what went into the process of choosing What Am I as the lead-off single as opposed to, say, War or even uh, Panic on the Airwaves?
3: Um, I think,
1: um what am I just kind of relates to basically
3: the, the title of the record. Okay. The real now, um, what am I is a song about, uh, finding yourself, your true self, your true being. And the real now is kind of relates on living in now. I don't know if you can make sense of that, but it's like, you know, make the now the primary focus of your life and not the past or the future because now is all you got. Right. And honestly, I had,
1: I like the rest. <laughs> <laughs> it was kinda of interesting and in, in looking at the, the album title and you know, I know there are a few bands out there over the last, you know, twenty some odd years who sometimes use their song titles to speak more to the album title. So, you know, you got What Am I? The Real Now is is What Am I? You know, Panic on the Airwaves, that's the real now. War is the real now. So I didn't know if that was a concerted, like something you set out to do and kind of play off of the album title and the the album songs as as kind of a a play, you know, what am I looking for? A volley between each other to kind of get across a bigger concept.
3: Yeah, um... It just kind of naturally happened. I mean, it, it was you know focused on a little bit within the band, kind of because of the album title and stuff. But the more songs we wrote and the more uh, lyrics that Billy wrote, it just kind of kind of happened that way, man. It just kind of came together. You know, I was really happy with how everything turned out, and uh, you know, we're just kind of bizarre like that sometimes, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, it's been three years since Natural Causes has came has been out. Uh, and, you know, in a day and age, you know, where there's kind of an oversaturation of people putting out a barrage of material that doesn't necessarily mean anything because they're just trying to stay relevant. What does it mean right. to you guys to really take the time to write this second record as Audiotopsy?
3: Um, We were in no rush. I mean, we're not out to, you know, <clears throat> make this band the next Metallica or anything like that. That's not even in our heads. We just wanted to come together four of us individuals and do some creative writing and put together what we can put together so there's no rush to go out and I gotta sell 30,000 records the first week or any of that stuff was never even thought about it's just we wanted to write some good songs put a record together when we got it done then we'll put it out
1: do you think you know, I always find it interesting talking to to people who have been in the music industry for a long time. And, you know, between the mem- all the members in the band, you know, having been in Scrape and, and Mudvayne, obviously, is it interesting to see maybe where the music industry is now to where you're not expected to drop a record and, have, and need it to sell, or, you know, 30,000 copies or 300,000 copies, that there kind of is more of a long play, you know, associated with it, like it kind of used to be, I guess.
3: Well,
1: it's a lot different
3: now than it was ten, say, ten years ago. Even you know, fifteen years ago, when you know we were pumping out a record for two, two years, pump out a record two, or two years, pump out another record. Right. Now, nowadays, it's like I mean, I do realize that the newer bands are trying to keep up, and it's a lot harder for newer bands nowadays because it's such a fast food market. <laughs> yeah, and uh, people don't listen to whole records anymore. You know, they they want that single that catches their their ear or something you know so that it, people just don't patient, man you know patience isn't even relevant anymore in the, in the music industry it's like just get it done get it out make money
1: yeah it's very true yeah it, you know and it's kind of that same mentality where it kind of made me wonder is the rollout plan for this album to kind of do what almost every band is doing now where you drop this single and then a couple of weeks later, here's the next single. And then, you know, by the time the record's dropping, you have all but like three songs that you've already heard.
3: Oh, um, yeah, we are definitely going to drop another song probably in the middle of October. Okay. And then I think we're going to actually maybe promote a song or have a song go to radio. I really don't know yet what's going to happen, but that's good. So the record doesn't drop till November 2nd. Right. But, you know, all that, all that is just, a you know, to pump up the record, double date, the usual thing. But yeah, you're right, a lot of bands are putting out half the record before the record even drops nowadays.
1: Yeah, it's just weird. It, uh, you know, I remember in the days of, you know, even Deftones, uh, as early as Diamond Dies, you know, they just basically put out a teaser track of what Rocket Skates was going to be. And then I think Rocket Skates right. is really the only song, and it's like... If the one song that's supposed to be the leadoff single isn't enough to grab your attention, then, I mean, I guess it's not doing its job in (laughs) being a leadoff single. But I just feel like I said, you know, as much as the industry kind of tends to oversaturate now, that I feel like bands are almost diminishing their returns by more or less premiering the whole album before it's even out. And it's like, well, what the hell am I excited about anymore? I've already heard it.
3: Right. Well, that's definitely, we're not going to premiere the whole record, but maybe a couple of songs.
1: Right. That's
3: about it. Yeah. But I mean, you know what? And maybe we are maybe caught up a little bit into that kind Mm -hmm. of music industry uh, uh, thinking, because that is what it is nowadays. You know, they drop half the record and then they hope people go out and make that first rush the first week to get on the records, because the second week, you know, you're dropping 70, 80 percent. And sales. right? But I don't know, man. It's just all confusing me, dude. <laughs> I'm really over. The, I'm really over the fucking record business, dude. Just let artists be creative and do what they want to do, and get the big wigs out of the fucking ways. When I'm, you know, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at today.
1: <laughs> Is that why the band chose to kind of self-produce this record? Um, no, not really. I
3: think it was, you know, we did the last one too, but we had uh, Dave Fortman that agreed to come in and do the vocals, so. We agreed to do all the music and stuff, and then we had Portman coming to do the vocals, which we were really excited about. And it just ended up that way; it just happened. You
1: know, it was kind of interesting in, in the fact of you know looking and remembering back to when the first Audio Topsy record came out. You know, there there seemed to be a really big buzz about the band with you know the members of Scrape kind of coming back. You know, a band that a lot of people probably hadn't thought of in a while. And you know, you got you right. and uh, Matt. You know, obviously reteaming up to to do something. And it just kind of seemed like, you know, you guys got on a couple of pretty good tours. But from a mainstream perspective, I feel like, you know, you, you did those tours and then I didn't see much from you guys. So, I mean, kind of what happened in the, in the, you know, the three years roughly that the, well, I guess it's not three years total. But in the few years, you know, that the band wasn't quote unquote active, you know, what were you guys doing?
3: Uh, Everybody went back to their day jobs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, you know, and uh, I mean... I started writing this record probably a year and a half ago. Okay. And uh, it took a year to put everything together. We started recording, I think it was back in February of last... Well, the vocals were February of last year. The guitars were literally... The writing process was literally a year ago mm-hmm. in September.
1: Okay. So it's going
3: to take a while to put everything together, you know. But we all live in different states, so I had to travel to... To wisconsin to florida to louisiana to this whole process to put this thing together so it's it, it was kind of crazy
1: how is the i guess I'll, I'll just kind of ask this i was trying to find a way to not really talk too much about the either of the band's past but i mean it's kind of inevitable with the band still kind of being very young but you know i kind of have wondered do you think fans unfairly compare this project of Audio Topsy to either scrape or mudvane
3: absolutely Chad yeah, is not finger of this fucking band. And I wish people would figure that out.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, that's what i hear all the haters, blah blah blah. It's not chat, it fucking sucks. I don't give a fuck about it. I'm like, dude, this is a whole different band, a whole different vibe, a whole different sound. It's it's not meant to be mundane or something like just because there's two other members mundane in it. Right. You know, what I mean, it's just post you know people are just I don't know. Like I said, people have no patience for anything. I know everybody's begging for a mud bang reading and have been for almost ten years now. And that's all I've been hearing. <laughs> on,
1: on the one hand though, isn't it kinda of seemingly kinda of nice to have fans want something even I don't know. I, I always I always try to separate myself sort of as a as a fan of something when I when I talk to, to the people for this podcast. But it's also kinda, of, you know, hard to sit there and be like, Yes, it sucks that uh, fans are focused solely on the one thing and can't and can't seemingly move on, but there's got to be uh, one part of you that's at least like, man, it's I, man, ten years later and you still want that. Like that's kind of fucking cool. I wish you guys would get more on board with this, but you know, it, it, you know, ten years later, a lot of bands I think would love to have that overwhelming support from their fans, like even after they haven't put anything out, if there's still such a, a rabid demand for it.
3: No, we absolutely do. Uh, we, we don't take it for granted. That's for, we're all flattered that everybody still wants to munch in the tour and do their record and come out and do our stuff. The thing is, is that everybody is in three different bands and kind of doing their own projects. Right. And, you know, there's no time for that right now. And people just need a little more patience. I know 10 years is a long time, but, you know, and they're doing the same thing. You know, they say the same thing about System of a Down. You know, you know, they haven't put a record out in 12 years, and the fans are begging for them. You know, and I think it's uh, the individuals in the band is just priorities, you know.
1: Right. You know, something I, I, I also kind of wanted to touch on, if you're okay with it, um, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, that's fine. You know, in light of Vinnie Paul passing recently, it kind of made me start thinking about when when Dime had passed and there was just an influx of of songs and and music that had been inspired by Dime's passing, you know, most notably with Zach Wilde doing in this river. And it made me wonder, you know, with you having spent time obviously with him in in the beginning of Hell Yeah! years, if you had been inspired to kind of write something as a result of, of the tragedy of Vinnie Paul passing at all.
3: Um... Well, I'm not going to lie. I did think about it, and I do think about it. But what I would do or who I would do it with, I don't know yet.
1: Okay. I didn't know if there was like the the demo stages of maybe of a new Audio Topsy song uh, inspired by that that maybe you guys have been sort of working on.
3: Uh, No, there's nothing like that going on. I mean, the record's done. We're not planning on writing anything else.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was the other thing, too, with the new Audio Topsy – I don't know, is it technically, an, it's a full length because it meets that requirement? Because I never know when it's an eight song, if that technically is an EP or if it's an LP at that point.
3: I don't know, dude. I, I just consider it eight, eight songs okay. a, is a piece of, an all-around piece of creative art. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> whether, it's four, whether it's four songs or whether it's eight songs or whether it's 14 songs. you know. And I've, I've heard some shit about, oh, it's only eight songs on the record. Well, you know, it was the eight songs that we wrote and I didn't want to feel pressured into writing two or three more songs when we were focusing on the eight that we had.
1: Okay. That was sort of where I was going with it was, you know, some people will put out eight songs and then magically you'll find out that actually we had 16. We just put out this eight in this collection and then, you know, maybe half a year later or so, it's like or a year later, it's like, "Hey, by the way, here's the other half of the record we wrote." You just we didn't tell anyone we had another half. So, I didn't know if this was kind of that diversionary tactics per se, where you're like, yeah, we have these eight and we wrote more and we got yeah, another no, record. done." No,
3: man, we, do, we really, we really don't have any leftover songs. I don't, I really don't kind of, I don't work like that. Honestly.
1: Well, I mean, that's good to hear. Cause I always enjoy, cause it makes me wonder when people sometimes, you know, sit there and say, Oh, we had 30 songs going in and you get 10 and then it takes, you know, a couple years to write another record. And like, well, what happened to those, <laughs> what happened to those other 20 songs you talked about? <laughs>
3: Yeah, that to me is a waste of time, man. If you go out and write 30, 40, 50 songs and you're going to pick 10 or 12 for the record, I mean, what? what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, what are you doing with all the other songs? I mean, do they actually suck? You know what I mean? Then that that should You should be sitting there questioning yourself. Why do I have to write 30 songs to put 10 songs on a record?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have never understood that. I mean, I can understand the, the concept of snippets or 40 ideas excuse me but as far as you know when people say we have 40 songs it's like well yeah yeah what i can
3: understand riffs
1: yeah you know
3: but full songs the fuck you might as well put together four records and you know face it <laughs> out for the next fucking eight years
1: yeah I it's something i've never understood uh But I think it speaks to like even much like you just said, where it's like, well, I guess those songs sucked. (laughs) But then at that point, it's like, why even mention how many you had? It's just like, you know, I've always been more of the mind that I think it's, you know, more commendable when it's, you know, a situation like you're saying where we wrote, I wrote eight songs. Those eight songs are the eight you're hearing. And we spent a lot of time writing those. So I don't know why, you know, (laughs) why you want more when the one you don't even have what I've just given you. So,
3: right. hmm. You know, and plus, you know, when you're in a creative headspace, you kind of want to stay there. Right. And there is, there's a line of where, you know, when you got writer's block or whatever, it happens. You know, It's like, fuck, you know, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to write today. I don't know what I want to write next month or whatever, but if it comes to me, then I'll sit down and I'll write it, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, kind of speaking to to that, I feel like a song like Hurt Down, actually, like when I was listening to that, I, I can really envision that all over like active rock radio. And, you know, that's another example of, you know, I feel like you have a lot of strong songs on this new album that it's like, man, how <laughs> how do how hard is it really to, to pick, you know, the first song that everyone's going to hear? But then, you know, I also kind of wonder too, with the, with the second record, you know, a lot goes into that because I feel like it's a second chance kind of to either reestablish what you had done from the first album or push some of the boundaries a little further than where you could have when you're trying to, to reintroduce yourself to, to fans as this new thing. So what was that? You know, were you kind of cognizant of that when writing some of the material for this, this album?
3: Um, I was. You know, I kind of wanted to push the envelope a little more from what the first record was because, you know, we didn't really know each other on the first record now after doing a few tours and actually sitting down and writing and doing all that, you know, we know each other well. And that's why, that's another reason why there's only eight songs out Cause that's all we concentrated on. They we weren't, and we weren't pushed to write a bunch of songs. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, I mean, there's some different stuff on there. And I agree with that. Hurt Down is probably, you know, radio friendly. And actually Billy is the one that wrote it on okay. acoustic. And I just, I took it and did my thing to it, and then we made it into a rock version and put it in, or put it on the record. You know.
1: Yeah, that was one where I could totally see if you guys are doing a tour, hitting you know random towns with at, you know radio stations. You know, hey, we have Audio Topsy in today, and they're gonna play you know acoustic version of Hurt Down and go see them at right. You know the show tonight. So I mean, it's like, and yeah, and, well, I'm,
3: not, I'm not saying that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's one of those where sometimes I wonder if that even, you know, like you said, you've said several times throughout this already that, you know, there was no pressure to do anything for Megaforce at all and anything like that. But it's just one of those from an outsider's perspective. It's like, oh, I, you know, I know I see a lot of bands in your boat doing these kind of things. And so it makes me wonder, it's like, oh, you know, like we can kind of play around with this one a little bit and maybe that will allow us to kind of get some, you know, more looks than maybe other bands who, aren't able to, to kind of reproduce their sound acoustically for, you know, different demographics.
3: Right. Well, I kind of, that goes back to, you know, picking the first song off the record. There's a lot of songs on this record that are accessible to, that I think to people generally that people will like. And it just comes down to when you, you know, with a record and a new band, that first song, man, if it sinks, you're pretty much fucked. 'Cause nobody's gonna wanna listen to the nobody's gonna wanna listen to the record. You know, and they're gonna it's gonna it'll go around his word of mouth, Oh yeah, I heard that song, you know, fuck fuck, I'm not even gonna listen to it. That kind of shit happens. You know, so you gotta be careful with the first song that you put out. And I think the song that we chose shows a heavy side, it shows a melodic side, it shows a total side of Billy's voice. And I think it's you know it's hooky to people's ears. In my
1: opinion, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested to. It, it, I did a little digging to see the comments on the new song and and obviously the rollout on on social media to it. And it's weird to kind of cover that a little bit. Yeah, no, I have I have the record. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's it's always interesting to just kind of see what fans think because, I mean, inevitably those are the people you're trying to to please. But, you know, kind of like we hinted on earlier, you know, sometimes it's just like, why only eight songs? And it's like, well, you haven't even heard the eight. You're bitching about it after only hearing one song. Or this doesn't sound like Scrape. Or this doesn't sound like Mudvayne. Or this doesn't sound like Hell Yeah. Or insert whatever. And it's like, why, what does that have to do with, you know, what I am? We just released a song. What about that song? Like, it's, it's very, I feel like, you know, maybe. People people
3: just need to broaden their horizon, dude. And not be so short-sighted on you know and and, uh persistent on what they want
1: is it i mean because you were in you know all the bands all of you guys involved were around before really they had a the the fans had a voice to say such a thing you know directly to you is it kind of weird to to put something out and just get like instant feedback like do you I, i feel like i would almost prefer it how it used to be where it's like you put something out and you, you find out how people feel about it when, by them actually paying for a ticket to come see you and having to say something to you.
3: I absolutely prefer it to be the old way.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt
1: about it. You know, I, I don't really pay attention to the,
3: any of the Facebook stuff or any of that. I'm not a social media dude. I'm a private person, basically. And, uh, you know, I, I would prefer it the old way because, like, like I said, nowadays, man, it's, it's fast food world, you know, and it's in and out. And if you got to hit them in the face with it, and if you don't, then, you know, you're, you're done.
1: Yeah. Um, kind of in wrapping up, um, you know, obviously the album comes out in November and I'm sure there's, there's a a longer plan to roll out with touring information and so on and so forth. But I mean, what can we expect it for the rest of this year for, from audio topsy?
3: Well, definitely a couple more songs will probably come out. Uh, actual radio track I think is gonna drop in November.
1: Okay.
3: Um, other than that I'm really not sure man. Okay. So we're gonna have any new lined up for this year.
1: Okay. It's uh I wasn't sure if I was gonna bring this up but I, I figured I would see how the interview went and then maybe bring it up to you. But uh so you guys had a drummer from an old band, um as Cities Burns, I believe is the the band name. And he was a driver for you guys on one of the first tours you did as Audio Topsy, I guess, for a v- very, very brief amount of time. Uh, and then ended up going on the Dudes and Emery's podcast, the Bad Christian podcast, and they were like, What happened? Like you had this gig and what happened? Like you're you're already off the tour and he was like, Oh, well, I got pulled over randomly and I don't remember what the reason of for getting pulled over was exactly, but uh it was just really random because they were like, Well, did you get to talk to any of the guys? He was like, No, I'm kind of antisocial. And I think that was the other reason that they didn't like me, was because I didn't talk to them. <laughs> like, so do, do you remember Aaron driving for you for the very brief time that uh, apparently he did for, I think, a day or two? I think is what is, it was.
3: Is this someone you know?
1: No, it's no, I don't know this person at all. I just, it was funny because in listening, I've been re listening to that podcast uh, in the last couple of weeks um, just because I'm all caught up with stuff. And, he happened to be on Aaron that is again. And he was talking about how now his band's back together, so on and so forth. And they had made the mention they're like, Oh, you're not going to try to be a driver for other bands anymore. And he was like, no, that those, I did it that one time and I just have no interest in doing it again. And it reminded me of that. And because it was for you guys, I thought it was kind of serendipitous that that story came back around to me, like listening to it when I hadn't thought about it or heard anything about it in years.
3: Um, I have no eye-fucking-dead
1: Okay
3: (laughs) Honestly, I don't don't, I've never heard of the guy Okay
1: That wouldn't surprise me Maybe he did
3: try for us But maybe that's why I don't know Because he never talked to the band I don't know You know But it's definitely not because of the band We're a bunch of fucking dickheads Or assholes We're about the nicest guys Anybody can get along with So I don't know Dodge. I would have to bring, bring that up with the rest of the band, actually, to uh, bring my memory back because I don't, I don't remember that.
1: Regardless of all of that, um, before I have you go, have you uh, plug your socials, But before or the band socials. Um, but before we do that, uh, I usually like to play these episodes out to a song. So what would you like me to play it out to and maybe a, a quick little story about it?
3: Um, I think maybe just a new one would be fine. Okay. What am
1: I? All right. And uh, where can everyone find the band on the socials?
3: Uh, the normal Facebook, Instagram,
1: Twitter. All right. Well, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you on the road early next year. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks a lot. So that was my chat with Greg from Audio Topsy. Dan, sadly, again, you couldn't be there, but what did you think of that chat?
2: Well, um, I know something very important. Chad is not the fucking singer of that band. Um, damn it. <laughs> yeah he got I mean, he didn't get upset but he seemed upset yeah you know so i don't know
1: yeah i you know with like i said in the intro sort of or skirted around in the intro when dealing with a band like this like the focus isn't to talk about the old band the old things that this person has done and you know i'm sure greg between hell yeah and everything like i wasn't even sure i was going to ask the the vinnie paul question um but in light of, like I said, Zach Wilde came out with arguably one of his best-known songs that you know crossed over uh, in in this river, you know, to his tribute that was to Dimebag that was inspired by Dime's passing. So it's like you can't help but you know you were in a band with this guy, and maybe the surrounding story of why you're no longer in that band, it's irrelevant at the end of the day. Like that was a guy you were close with, you were a bandmate of, and and he's no longer here. So I can't help but think that potentially you've been inspired to write something as a result of that
2: yeah i think um and honestly we don't really know who else is asking him questions that's true too you know what i mean and there could be some people that are like really big pains in the ass asking very direct questions like well why isn't it this or why aren't you you know like and again, I don't know if that's happening or not happening, but his responses seem to indicate that that was happening. <laughs> and I think he thought, well, if this conversation is going to go in this direction, I need to just nip this in the bud right now.
1: Well, I mean, and even when with his reaction to, you know, me just basically saying, do you think fans un- unfairly judge Audio Topsy based on the output of the pre- the other two bands that are, are it's made up by? And so when he made that comment about, you know, the the whole Chad's not singer this band. You know that's fine, but at least like I thinking on my feet because obviously I don't have I don't have a response like a, a question ready to go. You know with that being the response, but it was like well isn't it kind of satisfying to know that you have fans that are you know ten years after the fact that still want you guys to come back and, and put on an album. I mean yeah, not for nothing. I'm not trying to shit on Mudvayne at all, but I mean if you want to hear someone do that that's one of the two of us go listen to the discography discussion on Mudvayne and I think that's Dan and Joe and, and Jeff's thoughts on, on that record are, are pretty much a lot of longtime time Mudvayne fans thoughts however the caveat even at the end of that chat was you know even if they were to come back now I, st- I still would listen to it I still want to know what they're doing because they're a great band the individual pieces come together and write good interesting music so at the end of the day it's like there are a lot of bands that go away and no one gives a fuck uh about what they do you know and what it's like oh good you know good riddance but it's like the fact that 10 years later people still want Mudvayne to come back still want something from Mudvayne. it's like i would feel like damn that's it's frustrating because i'm a creative person and i'm putting out this new thing however that's fucking sweet that i made fans that are so diehard and so loyal that they're still supporting me in this thing even if it's a little bit with the the caveat of like well we also want you to do this other thing because we want that as well and again that was a question that literally just popped into my head or just a thought that popped in my head when he made that comment it's like well let's try to turn this this negative question potentially that you're tired of dealing with and and try to make it a positive thing right i don't know if i yeah. said it well enough <laughs>
2: well you know it's funny you know you saying that people want more from Mudvayne, and it's that's totally true. And it's almost weird to me that, you know, you would leave the money on the table on that, even if you're not a creative person, even if you were a greedy bastard, which it doesn't really seem like Greg is, you know. and um, it, But he, let's say, for instance, he were. If he were a greedy bastard, if they were all greedy bastards and all they cared about was money, like, really, uh, that would be, you know, to do something as Mudvayne. Even if it's only, like, a tour. Or yeah, even off. if it's Or a one-off or anything. You know, like, don't even make it your full-time project. You're going to make enough money doing that to fund whatever project you want to do.
1: Absolutely. I think a lot of artists do that now. And there's... You know, it's funny. I don't know if I... Oh, man, I'm starting to sound like Jamie Josta now. Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, so I'm going to not say who said this, and I'm not going to say – all right, let me think of a way I can say this. Um, So long and short of it, I was talking to a friend, uh, an insider friend, and Joshua Toomey calls me as I'm literally doing this. This is going to stay in the thing. Hold on. Let me – Joshua Toomey on the podcast. Hello, Mr. Toomey. You are on the Johnson Title podcast. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> What's
2: up, Toomey? Or he probably can't he hear you. He can't it. hear you. No, no, Dan oh, he well, can't. Oh well. Fuck you. Good. Don't <laughs> hear <Dan> anyway. <laughs> he loves it. First
3: thing I texted him the other day was, "I bet he's rolling over in his
1: grave that his podcast is shedding some positive light on Phil and Anselmo." Yeah, yeah. It's funny how that that worked out for him. And he wasn't even sure he he was like, uh I'm not probably gonna have nice things to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Am I really on the podcast? Yeah. No. We're we're uh, wrapping up the intro or the intro and outros for the uh, Greg from uh, Audio Topsy episode. Oh,
3: nice, Gerg from Mudvayne.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, he he. Hey, hey, it's Greg now.
3: <laughs> he's moved on in life. He's he, grown up. He's like Don so, Most. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs>
1: Um, can I call you back in a couple of minutes? Yep. Okay. Hey, uh, make sure you guys check out the Talk To Me podcast,
3: iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All, all right. <laughs> I will be expecting my uh, PayPal to have some funds in there. Yeah. yeah keep looking. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm keeping that in there, by the way.
2: That's fine.
1: <laughs> um where was I though? Um Well, in light of that uh random random phone call. Um so anyway, I was talking to a friend that's uh in the in the industry and we were talking about festivals and and just kind of bands that uh may or may not ever appear on these things uh to promote ticket sales and so forth. And one of the bands that I mentioned, I was like, "Oh, I think a Smiths uh reunion will probably happen, you know, just because no one thought the Misfits were going to come back together and that fucking happened. And now they're doing one off shows that make them presumably millions of dollars. And some of the names and numbers that this person threw out for like, Oh, well this band was offered blank amount of millions of dollars to come play this show. Just this one. And then Jesus, uh, this other band uh, was offered blank amount of millions of, and millions of dollars. And they are close to maybe making that happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm reminded of a Henry Rollins thing, and J- Jamie Johnson talks about this on his podcast all the time, this, like, punk rock guilt, where it's like, no, dude, fuck that. You got bills to pay. Like, there's nothing mo- there's nothing punk rock about being homeless and being broke. Like, if you can ha- find a way to make money and sustain, you know, your life, then why wouldn't you do that? And like Dan was saying, I think it's, you know, let's say a Coachella, for whatever fucking reason, wanted to offer Mudvayne $15 million to do a one-off show and they do all of LD50. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Because potentially that's going to put a a bigger spotlight on Audio Topsy, or allow you to fund the other creative outlets that you want to do. And I fully support that idea.
2: I would have even put on the makeup, you know? Yeah. (laughs) If that were the case, you know? Um, Yeah, like, I mean, and I guess it's... As grown ups now especially, like it's easy whenever I was a teenager to say, Oh, well, so and so sold out for money and blah 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 blah. Dude, in my early to mid thirties, I cannot wait for my opportunity to sell out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know? And that's just mostly, you know, having a wife and kids and wanting to do the best thing there is for them and the best thing for the best thing for them is to, you know, have a home. <laughs> and um, you know, have food so yeah there's nothing there's nothing punk rock about being homeless or always hitting people up for cash like you know to me it's more punk rock to take a style of music that was once thought of as unconventional and not popular and make a fucking couple million off of that and be like yeah what what do you guys fucking think of that you know i got here just by being good you know like that's that's more punk rock to me
1: yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, I did a conversation last night with uh, Jaden from Siler, and we kind of talked a little bit about that same very thing—just uh, kind of making the music you want to and being unapologetic about it. And I think it's kind of like been the theme of the, of the last handful of, of conversations between you know Trey Williams from Dying Fetus and uh, my friend Damon from A Virtue, and now uh, Jaden from Siler—is just you know not being afraid to. Make artistic decisions that make you happy and and make the thing you want to make. And I, I don't think you could sit there and say that Greg from Audiotopsy or, you know, Trey from Dying Fetus or, you know, Siler all sound at all similar. However, the, no. the commonality between all of them is just the fact that they're all unapologetically themselves and are finding success in that because at the end of the day, people want genuine shit. They don't want you know, something that was just, oh, well, I know this is what you want, so here you go.
2: Yeah, ex- I'm sorry. Toomey sent me a text that just totally threw me off. Uh- <laughs> this
1: motherfucker is just ruining our podcast
2: well i just te- i texted him i was like hey you forgot to add the Pornhub link oh. uh for talk to me and he goes no i'd probably end up accidentally sharing all the fucked up porn i watch <laughs> i was like oh shit okay well uh, uh shit i totally lost my train of thought um i think the only thing i was going to add to that is dude siler great band uh, I, and then and then i was super disappointed that uh that i couldn't be on that but it was an in-person, and I wasn't going to drive six hours to Grand Rapids. so you know.
1: But I will say, we we talked for an hour just shy of an hour, probably like 50 yeah. some odd minutes. It was really good. literally really looking forward to getting that out to you guys uh, collectively. We're going to wrap up this episode. So if you would like to keep up with Audio Topsy, they have a new record coming out November 2nd via Megaforce Record called The Real Now. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram at Audio Topsy Band. Twitter is at Audio Topsy Music. Uh, I don't think Greg has any socials, and that's probably not too surprising after listening to that interview. Uh, Dan, where can people find you?
2: You can find me at uh, on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can send me an email at DiscussMetalDan at com, And you could even uh, maybe check out my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at DiscussMetal.com.
1: And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, The Bean Bastard, you can find them at TheBeanBastard.com. The Bean One, I believe, is what the coffee cart is called currently. Uh looks like it's just about up. The Square Reader uh, POS uh, point of sale, not piece of shit, uh, is uh, up. looks like it'll be up and running very soon. Uh, so if you were in the Buffalo, New York area, look out for that. that. Beautiful bean footage rolling <laughs> around in your area and get some delicious coffee. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram over at The Bean Bastard. You can keep up with our show partner at Moshpit Nation at moshpitnation.com. Facebook is Moshpit Nation, West Capital MI. Twitter and Instagram are simply Moshpit Nation. And if you would like to keep up with the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube over at Johnson Title Podcast. Tweet at us at Johnson Title Pod and email us at Johnson Title Pod at gmail.com. Go to the website. Website johnsonsidelpod. dot com, and if you would like to f- support us monetarily, you can go over to Patreon at patreon. dot com slash Uh Sadly, I've been pretty busy with uh with doing in person chats over the last couple of days, uh, but the newest Patreon episode is just about done and will be up probably in the next. Uh, I'm gonna say seventy two hours, and Dan and I will probably work on another one. And uh I don't know, maybe we'll switch it up and, and do movies or something. But uh will be you... cool. We uh we did one on pop music. I think it's kind of all over the place uh, as far as our lists. Again, feel free to you know donate two dollars, get that episode, get the one we did over uh, active radio rock bands. Uh, that's something we're looking to try to do. But basically, just follow us wherever, engage, let's talk, let's let's uh talk football. Even my fucking lion shit the bed pretty hard the other day, and I'm uh, not looking forward to tomorrow against the Niners. And uh, Michigan's not really doing much better in football, and. Apparently, uh, hockey news, uh, Red Wings are probably going to suck for the next five years, even though I'm not a big hockey fan, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah, it happens.
1: And uh, we're going to end this episode as we always do with a song. And as you heard Greg Pick, he wanted us to play it out to What Am I by Audiotopsy. Again, that record's coming out November 2nd via Megaforce Record, and it is called The Real Now, and we will talk to you next time.